you know, when the market changes and the interest rates drop, then uh, the lenders are definitely uh, a big source of, of files for us. Okay. Uh, we also try to do some commercial work. Um, that was my next question. Yeah. So we do about 40% of our work is in commercial transactions. Okay. Uh, and we find that they are more steady than the residential as the interest rates and housing issues go up and down. Uh, commercial has pretty much. Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of the local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of Maryland Real Estate Influencers. Today, we have a special guest. Today, we have a title company with us. Uh, today, we have Mary Ann Hemmel from Mid-Atlantic Title, and thank you so very much, Mary Ann, for coming on with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am super excited to have you on with us today. You are our first title company that we are having on here uh, because my cousin Mindy told me uh, that's been working for you for um, about a minute, um, has told me that I just had to have you on here uh, because of the education and the longevity that you have in our industry. So um, I do have longevity. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Mindy Zarakowitz, for the, this recommendation. I do appreciate that. Let me give you complete props for that. Uh, so, uh, Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about what got you into uh, this industry? Well, I've been pretty much doing real estate all my working career. Um, I started working at a law firm doing uh, title binders and settlement statements and all while I was in college. And uh, so in college, I did a, a pre-law program at Village Willie College, which is now Stevenson University. And I graduated in 1988 and um, focused a lot on real estate there and transactional work. And then I went to law school at University of Baltimore in 1991 again, focusing on transactional work. And uh, then I joined Mid-Atlantic Title in 1992. So uh, I've really just been very uh, focused on the real estate industry from, from my education and my early work experience. Um, so after law school, I joined Mid-Atlantic Title in 1992. And um, then I ended up uh, purchasing the company in 2011. And um, since then, I've been just focused on growing the business. I've created four offices uh, in Maryland. So we cover the entire state of Maryland. And our main office is in Towson. But we also have an office in Bel Air and one in uh, Ellicott City. And then we also have another office up in York, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. and, uh, and then we're also licensed in eight states surrounding Maryland. So we, we can do settlements in those states, even though we don't have physical offices there. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm just making notes just so you see me writing. In okay. States. You want to tell us what eight states you're licensed in? I'll try to remember them all. Uh, well, we'll start with Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia. Okay. I got them all. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. That's got to be extremely challenging because I know they all have different rules and and compliance guidelines. Right. And 
again, on my side of it, it's different than the, your side, but the little bit that I know, which is this much, is that I just know that New Jersey has different guidelines when it comes to um, the hybrid closings. And they were the first like to jump on board and they were all with it. And, and mm -hmm. everybody in Maryland, at least the, the lenders are holding back like, no, we're not ready to let go of that yet, especially not the deed and the note. Uh, yeah, I think signed. that's that's I been the case kind of universally, but definitely. Yeah, I think that's what I find so fascinating. And I, I can't imagine what y'all are going through because that's got to be really difficult to deal with on your side and, and your staff side, because it's so, it varies so much from, I would assume, state to state. Right. So we definitely have employees that are focused on certain states and other employees on other states so that, you know, we have the, the best people on the job. Oh, I love that. That's such a good thing. I, I, I can see how beneficial it would be. Yeah. I mean, we have great. licensing and, and rules and regulations in each of these different states that um, is hard to you know, keep on top of. So we, we definitely divide the office uh, among the states. Very good. Yeah, well, that would, I can see how that would make sense. I, I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, so when we're talking, so are, is your production, at, uh, what you're looking, when you're looking at your production for the last 12 months, mm -hmm. um, is your production um, primarily coming from realtors that refer you business? Is that where your production is typically coming from or does it come from other places, other sources? Um, other sources too. Uh, most of it is from realtors on the residential side. Okay. Uh, we, we do work with uh, some lenders that'll send us work, but it's, it's really the realtors that are um, guiding their customers to use a particular title company. So okay. um, that's where we get most of our work. And um, lenders are not giving us refinances right now. So we are not uh, doing almost any refinances. So, you know, when the market changes and the interest rates drop, then uh, the lenders are definitely uh, a big source of, of files for us. Okay. Uh, we also try to do some commercial work. That was um, my next question. Yeah. So we do about 40% of our work is in commercial transactions. Okay. Uh, and we find that they are more steady than the residential as the interest rates and housing issues go up and down. Uh, commercial has pretty much stayed steady for us. So that's always been a go-to and we try to focus on that in, in the bad housing market. And so mm -hmm. uh, that's where we are right now. So we are doing a lot of commercial transactions, um, office buildings. Company get, uh, go after that business of the commercial. Are you going off? Are you uh, seeking the relationships with the commercial realtors, or is it a project manager, or how is that done within your business? So for the commercial transactions, we are focused on commercial realtors, attorneys, and lenders. Um, a lot of times in a commercial transaction, an attorney is preparing the contract, and they are usually the ones that will recommend one title company over another wow. rather than the realtor in a residential transaction. The attorney a lot of times will dictate where the file is going to go. In addition, uh, commercial lenders will also have approved title companies or just ones that they prefer because they know these transactions are more difficult and they want to make sure that it, we're a title company that's easy to work with. So they are sometimes limiting 
the title companies that people can choose on a commercial transaction. So we will get transactions from lenders uh, in commercial. Oh, gotcha. I understand that. I've never touched a commercial transaction before, so I'm always intrigued on how yeah. those things uh, work. Um, but it's definitely, it's now that I'm doing the podcast, it's got my wheels spinning um, <laughs> about that. Um, I actually just spoke with two different realtors about beginning their own podcast uh, because they want to move their business from residential to residential and commercial. Right. Uh, so that could be a, a big Thing down the road. Down well, the road. I, yeah, I would imagine if as a title company, we've been focusing on beefing up our commercial side of the practice that realtors are also looking to do the same thing because we're all in the same boat. We're all mm -hmm. struggling to find residential transactions. So uh, it makes sense that they're leaning towards commercial to just even out their workload as, as far as uh, who they can market to. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that's a big deal, too. That is definitely a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, um, what do you all do? Uh, so do y'all have a business development person that is out there and their job is to speak with realtors and to tell them what you do and how you do what you do in order to, um, have them send business to you? Or is that what you do in, in your business? It's what I do mostly. And, it's very difficult in this market right now to hire people that do that. So in our world, uh, settlement officers and marketers have to be licensed. It's called a title producer license. Oh, okay. And once they have that license, then they can solicit business by going out to functions and uh, trying to get work. And they can be compensated based on the files that they bring in. So um, that licensing aspect makes it a little bit different as far as um, who can go get work and who can't. Other people in the office processors who are not licensed cannot do that. We have some people on staff that um, are title producers that bring in work and, and do marketing, but unfortunately it's been a lot on me because uh, marketers are typically paid on a commission basis and with the lack of transactions going on, uh, most of them can't survive on a commission-based salary. So we've worked some hybrid where we have some people that are processing and doing uh, producing work, but um, mostly it's it's been on me and I've been just really working hard to be in the right places so that I'm not spending a lot of my time on marketing that doesn't result in transactions. So definitely mm -hmm. focusing on where the realtors are, where the commercial uh, lenders are, um, and, and just really casting a wide net to try to find where the work is. Gotcha. I understand that. And um, now I did have on uh, Erica Givens from Fidelity, and she mm -hmm. is on the other side, not a title company per se. Right. Uh, the way I understand it, it's a title insurance company. Correct. And she discussed with us uh, some information about fraud and scams that are occurring. What are you seeing out there in this? We're, in, we're recording this in August of 2023. What are you seeing out there right now that is a, a lot of fraud or uh, scams that are going on that are affecting the real estate industry? Well, definitely wiring fraud. Uh, so there's a way that uh, these fraudsters 
intercept emails and they will go into the attachment that has wiring instructions in them and mm. they will alter the account numbers. So it can be oh. on a payoff. It can be on uh, proceeds to a seller. Uh, any email that we get that contains wiring instructions, we are not permitted to rely on them. We have to make a phone call to the recipient and verify the routing and account number and some other details so that we make sure that it's going into the right account uh, to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So um, our underwriters, as Erica is uh, an underwriter, will give us guidelines about what we can and can't do. Okay. Uh, and some of them are guidelines, some of them are mandatory. Um, okay. And there's been some fluctuation between wires and certified checks. There's been a lot of, mm -hmm. uh, of counterfeit checks that are easily issued um, and, and they look legitimate. I've, I've had them cross my desk. Fortunately, we haven't had an issue with uh, accepting one, but they are very difficult to, to, to determine whether or not they're fraud. Oh, I can't even imagine. I know when uh, I have a client and they say, you know, who do I speak with? And and I need their routing number. And I said, okay. And I can tell you, we don't get involved now knowing that Good idea. how this is. And I said, let me give you the phone number. Um, I I'll give you the email address too. I really and truly wouldn't email. I would give them a call and ask them for the routing number, ask them for all their information. I would not do this via email. There could be too much fraud going on. And right. I said, but because of all the fraud and issues, we've decided uh, as a lender to take a step back. And we decided to not get involved and just make sure we're communicating properly. And for right. somebody, you know, I'm sure the realtors are talking about the fraud as well, but for us to follow up with them too and say, this is an issue. And this right. is how you, another set of ear, another set of uh, conversation saying, yeah. be cautious, be cautious, be cautious. I don't think that that's such a bad thing. Yeah, we definitely have focused on uh, using the phone to clear up any issues. Um, it's it's just too prevalent out there. And yes. sometimes we've even had problems where the realtor is forwarding uh, wiring instructions. So maybe the customer, the seller yeah. will give the realtor wiring instructions. They'll forward it to us. And when it gets to us, um, there's something in between there that gets altered. So we've oh. seen that before and we've caught it by making that phone call. Yes. So we have very secure systems here. We have a lot of extra software that uh, tries to root out these bad emails. And um, I don't know that everyone that we're dealing with, for example, a realtor's office is going to put that much money into these types of programs. So, you know, I don't know where the disconnect is, but we're able to detect it here because they can look in the chain of the email and find where it's gone somewhere else and come back. Mm -hmm. I, I, that just, it scares me so much. And when you're dealing with somebody's money and their deposit, and I just, I just think I'm with you. It's, it's worthy <laughs> of a phone call. Just, yes, just absolutely. I don't want to misconstrue any information. Um, it's, it's just, it's too, too, uh, too scary, too scary. Yeah. What could do to somebody's Big dollar amounts involved. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so are, is there any other major frauds or scams that you're seeing at this moment outside of the wire fraud? No, I haven't. I mean, you certainly see things on TV. Um, people are trying to get purchasers to buy this title lock 
or whatever they they're calling it, where they're trying to protect people from fraud and uh, forgeries, where somebody might try to take your property by forging your name to a deed and transferring it to themselves. Oh, you're right. Um, I have seen that on the on the TV. I, I'm hearing it on TV and and on uh, radio. Okay, um, I think it's title lock or something like that. But basically, I, I guess they're trying to make people think that there's a lot of forgeries going on. And uh, most people buy title insurance when they buy their house. Uh, it's very important that they do that. It is optional, but we always recommend it. And that will cover the title insurance is going to cover you against everything. So um, well, I, I shouldn't say everything, but uh, those types of things that people are advertising about are covered under your title insurance policy. So they're really trying to get people to pay more money to them to give them some security against fraud. So they're they're watching out for fraud um, when the title policy is already covering them for that. Holy cow, I didn't recognize that. Wow, thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. Well, there's another thing that they're doing. This isn't a lot of money, but it's, it's uh, important for buyers to know is um, there's a company that once you once your deed is recorded, they'll send you a letter in the mail and it'll say, we can get you a copy of your deed for $85. Okay. Um, and, and people are falling for it. it. It's a very legitimate looking letter. And so uh, people are paying $85 to get a copy of a deed. Uh, the title company gives the original deed in the mail once it's recorded, right. along with the title policy. And um, so this company, you can go online and print a copy of your deed for free. Holy, I didn't know that you could do that for free. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, so it's um, it, it's a service that the state uh, provides for free. Anybody can go onto it and get a copy of a deed or any other document. And so these fraudsters are are collecting money from people to print out a deed for free. Wow. Realtors, wow. I hope that you're listening to this <laughs> and that you're sharing this data with your customers. These are great talking points. Um, Beth Haywood, I just uh, had a video with you earlier this morning when we were interviewing you and you're looking for data to uh, discuss on social media. Great content right here to put on social media. <laughs> Um, just to, again, to educate people about some of the scams, some of the fraud that is occurring right now in our marketplace. Mm -hmm. And we're always looking for data to share with our clientele. And, and I thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Because you're giving us data to go back out there with the market and share. Um, yeah. Everybody's getting these letters. Um, the company is just every deed that gets recorded in Maryland, they're sending these letters out to homeowners. So. Oh, wow. That is so crazy. I'm so glad that yeah. you're writing this in. And I'm uh, look, I'm I'm writing this both down because they will now be <laughs> social media posts in the next week. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, are there what other trends that you are seeing in the industry right now, positive or negative? Uh, well, mostly negative. Um, mm. there, there's a few positives, but. Um, so uh, as you might have talked with other people in the industry, realtors and the title underwriter, there's the interest rates are continuing to go up. The housing prices are continuing to go up. This is something that I think is unique to this market that we haven't seen before. And I've been doing this for over 30 years. So 
we've weathered the ups and downs of the market and I understood everything that happened before. This one is unique in that the rates went up so fast mm-hmm. and uh, normally the housing prices will kind of adjust so that when the rates go up, the housing prices are coming down a little bit and it's a little less to swallow when you have a uh, a mortgage on it that it, it's not as bad because the uh, housing prices come down and your mortgage is less. Here, there's so little inventory on the market that we're seeing very high prices and um, and the interest rates are still going up and people are, are having a hard time finding property. So there's a lot of bidding wars still, which, mm-hmm. which is unique. You would think that when the interest rates went up this high that people would back off, but the, the shortage in housing is, is that dire that, you know, there's a lot of them that are competing and yeah. paying, paying the higher interest rates. So 7,800 households, brand new households will be created in this 12 month period. That's 7,800 new families that will need residences if they already don't have one. That's a lot of creation. That's a lot of of new. uh, I know my daughter is in that group as well, that she's graduated college, right? Her and her boyfriend are looking for something for two years. They haven't found anything. That's a new household waiting to be created until they can find something. And I'm sure there's tons of people that are in that same scenario that graduated two years ago, been looking, haven't found anything. Um, You know, I know she's not, she might be special to me, but not special in this industry. There's tons of people that are in that same category that are just waiting to create their new households. Yeah, first time home buyers are, I think the most affected because they're dealing with really high prices. They haven't had any experience in the market to to know um, whether it's worth it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're dealing with a high interest rate. So one of the ways that we're able to uh, help bring business, keep business coming in is uh, we do a lot of work with builders. And so the builders are providing the inventory. Uh, they've got specs and they're constantly building new houses. So first time home buyers, that's a place to go. However, uh, th- those prices are not coming down either. In fact, builders are faced with increased regulation and increased um, supply costs. Oh yeah, and supply chain issues. So it's taking longer to build the house, which is costing them more because they've got a, a mortgage on it as well. And so, th- you know, the housing prices are still uh, going up for builders as well. But there is uh, at least a place there where they can. Uh, get inventory. And so some of the builders are doing uh, money towards interest rates. So they might be paying for the buy down. Um, so you're getting like first time home buyers in there, maybe 6% because the rate has been bought down. And then over two years, it'll go up to 8% or whatever that loan was. The idea being that the rates will come back down next year, hopefully. And uh, everyone in that position has maybe a 6% loan or something in that range. And they're able to refinance when the rates drop next year. And so that gets them in their house at 6%. The builders are putting up that money um, as an incentive to get home home buyers in there. And uh, then they're refinancing next year, which is good for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, definitely. That is, um, yeah, we're seeing that too. We're seeing the, especially the supply chain issue that's still becoming yeah. an issue and the new homes that don't have garden tubs in them because they're, you know, garden tub is three months on back order or, or the shutters are two months on back order. Well, because there was a lot of trouble too. with like garage doors too. So the builders yes. were putting in like deadbolts on the uh, house where yeah. it goes out to the garage and people were just having open garages until they came in. So exactly we're seeing we've seen a lot of those things uh you know and just making allowances where lenders they want the house completed at time of um of completion unless it's you know you're in the middle of the winter and you can't see the lawn things like that lenders will make a a, um they'll make a i can't i can't think of the term i'm looking for they'll make an allowance for that but Mm -hmm. now they're having to make allowance for all other things because the supply chain issue is such an issue yeah, still an issue. It is. So I'm wondering if you're seeing any technologies on on your side of the business that have been beneficial in in recent years or recent months. Well, title companies have uh, software that help us do all the documents for a settlement. So uh, there are software companies like Qualia and uh, Title Express and those sorts of companies that uh, they are constantly improving the software. So they are constantly making our lives easier, uh, making us more efficient. And also it's increasing our communication with customers because these software platforms interact with buyers, sellers, lenders, and realtors. And so it, it will prompt notifications out to these parties to respond with information. And so that's helping to keep all the parties more informed they have access to the status of their file by going into our system um, and it's communicating outwardly with the parties to request information. Mm, I like that. I, I know I've worked with, um, I know I've seen Qualia in the past and I've utilized that and I've, I've enjoyed working with that and getting the updates throughout the system um, when right. you know the survey hits or when the uh, title binder hits or the survey hits, anything that goes into there we get a notification on our side. It's very helpful uh, so that you keep communication up and that it's a secure document, right? It's, it's, it's extra security. It's not something. Exactly. There's security in that and and what people send to us and what goes out. Exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah. So are there goals that you have for, uh, I know we're at the end of August now, uh, just (laughs) an inch before September comes, but the last four months of 2023, do you have any specific goals uh, for you and your company that you're trying to um, hit? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, more so for next year, but this this year we're, you know, just, I'm, I'm confident we'll be fine and uh, make it through the market. But I know a lot of title companies are really struggling out there. And so my goal is just to continue to uh, keep our current uh, support system in place. Uh, we have not had to let anybody go. Um, so I, I'm happy with that. That's very uh, tough to do. Um, cool. but we're trying to just maintain the relationships that we have. And part of that is with the employees here. So uh, we never want to lose an employee who we value and who our clients value. So um, definitely keeping our current clients happy and um, constantly looking for new sources of business, um, joining networking groups and uh just being out there at functions where uh, realtors go, where lenders go, and um, sponsoring events and 
participating, just being involved. Um, so my goal for this year would be to um, just keep growing that uh, source of business, you know, expanding our uh, efforts in bringing in sources of business. And then for next year, I would like to see an increase of 30% in our volume. And um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we're starting to see things get better. Mm -hmm. um, we're getting better. And so I'm hoping to just continue on our uh, efforts of, of marketing better uh, to, you know, to making smarter choices, um, to keeping running the office lean and uh, to just keep that momentum going into 2024. I like that. I like that a lot. So if there's a realtor on here that is interested in working with you and your team um, and uh, she would like and that agent would like to reach out to you, how would you like that agent to reach out to you? Uh, email at mahamel, H-A-M-M-E-L, at mid-atlantictitle.com. I check my emails constantly. Um, my phone also rings to my cell phone and I'm, I'm always accessible. So uh, that's, that's another way, but email is, is definitely the best way because then they can also send the information. And okay. uh, we are fortunate to have employees here that have worked here for upwards of 30 years, most of them 20 or more. Um, we just have a great work environment here. We have a lot of knowledge in this office. Um, we have six attorneys that are actively involved in the files. We look at the title searches. We look at the um, HUD-1s and ALTAs and CDs, and we are just very involved in resolving issues and staying on top of things, and particularly with the wire fraud that we're constantly looking at our systems and making sure that we are uh, being responsible to the, the funds that we are receiving as a fiduciary. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so very much for taking the time out of your day and Absolutely. coming, allowing me to interview you for the podcast and sharing with some very important data that we all need to know about the scammers, about the uh, the letters and the deed and the lock and the uh, lock, lock uh, that you mentioned as well. And I'm so appreciative of you taking your time and sharing a little bit more about you and your business with us. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for y'all that are listening, I want to ask you two favors. One, forward this to two of your colleagues that would benefit from listening to this information. And number two, on whichever platform you're listening on, please take a moment, write a review and give us an honest review about the conversation today. And let us know about other conversations that you're hoping to hearing. Until next time, see y'all later. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. We'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it and I'll thank you for it too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 